1: something to
0: see night clubbing. we're night clubbing. all right for this episode we will be talking about iggy pop the idiot on the line i have rob yo ben what happened to zeke john oh oh, he went straight <laughs> and kyle hi there the idiot is the debut solo album by the american musician iggy pop released on the 18th of March 1977 on RCA Records. It was produced by David Bowie and the genre is art rock, goth rock, industrial rock, and post-punk. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Mark Deming. In 1976, the Stooges had been gone for two years, and Iggy Pop had developed a notorious reputation as one of rock and roll's most spectacular waste cases. After a self-imposed stay in a mental hospital, a significantly more functional Iggy was desperate to prove that he could hold down a music career in music and he was given another chance by his longtime ally David Bowie. Bowie co-wrote a batch of new songs with Iggy, put together a band and produced The Idiot, which took Iggy in a direction decidedly different from the guitar-fueled proto-punk of the Stooges. Musically, The Idiot is like the impressionistic music of Bowie's Berlin period with its fragmented guitar figures, ominous bass lines, and discordant high-relief keyboard parts. Iggy's new music was cerebral and inward-looking where his early work had been gloriously called to the id. Iggy was in more subdued form than with the Stooges with his voice sinking into a world-weary baritone. Iggy was exploring new territory as a lyricist, and his songs on The Idiot are self-referential and poetic in a way that his work had rarely been in the past. For the most part, the results are impressive. It also made clear that Iggy was older, wiser, and still had plenty to say. It's a flawed but powerful and emotionally absorbing work. All right, what do we think of Iggy Pop, The Idiot?
2: That's um. Some good. That's some good, Iggy. Here, this is uh This was actually my first time listening through it in its entirety. Um, Whoa! It's also the first time that I figured out or read that the uh, kick drum from Nightclubbing is the sample from Closer from uh, Downward Spiral <laughs> by Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> and uh, now I can't unhear it. Right? Uh, <laughs> <don't remember>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That, that that's it's right there. Yeah, I didn't. uh Like, I I knew that. Iggy had been recording with Bowie before Bowie did the low stuff. And this is what was uh, this is the direction that Bowie was trying to go uh, doing that. And uh, yeah, man, fucking the I I, we were talking about how suicide might be the birth of goth. But I don't know, man, I think this might be the actual birthing place of goth music, gothic music. But yeah, real good. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Absolutely. All aboard for fun time. (laughs)
3: Uh, so Iggy Pop was a bit of a a guinea pig for Bowie because it's like uh, from what I read it seemed like Bowie had a sound in mind that he was moving towards but he didn't really have the material whereas to record some material and he's open-minded on on what happens in the studio so this album which came out before low or it was at least recorded before it was low. did recorded it also before come, low yeah,
2: yeah. did really, it come out before low No, nah, it came out after low okay uh, yeah. yeah yeah so like a, yeah
3: and I, I'm sure Iggy like who would mind being David Bowie's guinea pig right but like <laughs> it, th- this kind of helped Bowie figure out what direction he wanted to take his own career uh not to undersell Iggy's contributions to this album at all like it's definitely a, a collaboration it took me I, I like Iggy pop I actually hadn't, I hadn't sat down with the idiot before, which is strange because I love lust for life, the album. And I, for some reason I never made it like one back to it. Uh, It didn't grab me as quickly as lust for life did. Like there's less, I don't know, songs that sound like singles, but after a few listens, yeah, this, this, this record really, it creeps in. It just, it just creeps in around the cracks, you know? And there's a lot of cool stuff going on here. Did you know that this album was what was on Ian Curtis's turntable when they found him?
4: Yeah. And I and I, didn't, I wouldn't have understood that necessarily, except that um, in listening to this album and preparing for this uh, episode, I listened to this album a bunch of different ways. I listened to it in my headphones, listened to it on stereo, and I listened to it once while working out for the first time in probably nine months. And mm-hmm. so uh, I was doing like 45 minutes on an elliptical as a Fatman. Uh, because I am a fat man. (laughs) And as you listen through the album and like, there's all these little sonic pieces to it. And then it ends with mass production and Mm -hmm. mass production just makes you feel like a broken machine winding down. And it just happened to pair up at the end of my workout. So I was was like, Oh man, if I were in a bad emotional state and I could hear this stuff kind of like wearing at me in pieces here and there and like subtle menace and, you know, kind of these like little themes about how the world will take a a perfect and good person and, and, and break them down. You're like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I get it. I get it. But it's a beautiful Mm -hmm. album. The sounds are great. I mean, it's a, it's such a, such an interesting angle and and new direction for uh, Iggy to functional Iggy to take. I like functional Iggy. How about
3: that? uh, That reminiscence of satisfaction, guitar riff and fun time. (laughs) <laughs> and bom, bom. And it doesn't resolve it but i i've got a thing that's had to be intentional right
4: yeah because he's playing it up he's like oh yeah. well, I'll, I'll i'll make this song about good times
3: man all aboard for fun time i love that song and i love that motto <laughs> get that on the back of your boat <laughs> that's, that's, that's what should be on the back of captain good times jacket <laughs> 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 all aboard for fun time motherfuckers <laughs> Kyle what did you
1: think uh yeah I mean it's the idiot it's a great record um I, I looked up some old reviews and like a lot of critics kind of called it the Bowie's Berlin tryout yeah. which is kind yeah. of interesting uh cause Bowie was kind of being like the Brian Eno you know they didn't have him in the studio so Bowie's just like Uh, doing what he can on synthesizers. And it's interesting because you can tell he's not the most, um, like, technically uh, accomplished musician, but he's kind of, he's very intuitive, and you can kind of, I don't know. He he leads some atmospheric stuff to this. I love this record. Um, China Girl is a masterpiece. um, I'd never, yeah,
3: I, I wasn't familiar with the Iggy version.
1: Yeah. It yeah. makes the the David boy version so much more interesting when you find does, out what it's based right? on. Like,
3: and and I I I looked into that a bit. Like, the, the Iggy version, so raw and what? And who whose like girlfriend or fiance was it that was the the inspiration? It was yeah, the- someone in their scene. Yeah, I feel like
1: all of these Berlin records have like some song about like infidelity or something. Right. Um,
3: but when Bowie recorded it, the producer, you know, uh, you know, China being slang for heroin, and girl being slang for cocaine, the producer thought that the song was a uh, coded about speedballs, and. And that's why he like went according to him, that's why he went like over the top with like the glossy production. But apparently Bowie loved it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of the uh Visconti was doing all the like he wasn't engineering this record, but he was working the faders. Like was he? everyone everyone sans Eno like involved with Lowe was like doing this. Where was Eno? Uh I don't know. Probably what?
1: working with Devo, maybe around then.
3: Not in no, Berlin yeah. Not, no, not quite not yet. Quite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in London, watching the Talking Heads. Yeah, probably. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, like it, I I get that. Uh, like the, this being David Bowie's tryout, and honestly, like I I hear it, and it. What it did more for me than anything else was just it surprised the shit out of me how much that David Bowie actually oh. like had a hand in working with his own shit i i kind of figured it was the Visconti uh like eno show with low but this sounds so much like those other records like clearly the man had a fucking vision yeah you know? and
1: you can kind of tell uh especially on this record there's a lot of improv i mean i don't know if i want to say improv but it seems like they kind of just pushed iggy pop in there to do some vocals and he just kind of made some stuff up and they made it sound cool, um, which kind of, I don't know. I mean, opposed to like Steely Dan or something where everything's like thoughtfully constructed. It's very interesting just kind of how they, I don't know. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's just it's kind like of a, like, like,
4: I do. Iggy's doing both. Yeah, Bowie's doing music, yeah. And Iggy's knocking out the lyrics for some songs like nightclubbing in like 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, a lot of these songs were obviously found live in the studio very quickly. And I, I, I feel like that lends that a really interesting quality that you can't really... Plan or write for, you know, traditionally.
3: think did did you mention it in your initial uh uh write-up birch it's like it's expressionistic yeah
0: yeah it has it has a quality of a loose feel but it uh someone at the top of their game like bowie was bowie was i mean he was having his innovative period uh very creative period and then just Set set you know Iggy to loose on these songs. Just said, go ahead, see what we can do uh, with this. And same with Tom Volante. You know they they were just trying new things out. I think that's really what this record is: is that creativity to be a bit more experimental. Because he knew that Lowe was going to sort of rein it back in. Um, obviously, it's it's still a very creative album, but. He, I think his relationship with Iggy Pop was Iggy's a wild man. <laughs> I mean, just watch any interview with him. He's, he's out there. He'll do it, you know? Um, and so he's not, he's not afraid to take chances and d- do different things. So yeah, well done. Does anyone though.
3: else wish they could just be a fly on the wall of the Berlin apartment shared by a relatively sober David Bowie and Nikki Pop, dear lord, just, like, just just two weirdo buddies getting clean together and just being very artistically productive weirdos in Germany, <laughs> like or
1: gonna get stoned and run around.
3: <laughs> well, that that's that that was yesterday. Today we're drinking tea. Maybe tomorrow we'll get stoned again. We are relatively clean.
0: I'm feeling lucky tonight.
3: <laughs> what are we doing on Tuesday we're just crashing the same car
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah this is this was also one that I had overlooked it just yeah like you Ben I'd heard less for life I'd never heard this one all the way thir- through so yeah and after listening after going through all the, the Berlin records and then coming back to this one it, it's, it's like a whole suite you know it's like a box set of sorts. It feels, it's so interesting um, to almost have a different genre of music, I guess. It, but it's just by two artists. Well, I guess the same artists uh, just kind of working in a commune of sorts, just creating it.
3: Is anyone, did anyone hear the Iggy Pop album that came af- out a few years ago, like Post-Pop Depression?
0: Yeah. Uh-uh. I did. It was good. It I, harkened back I haven't to listened this. To it.
3: That's what I read. and yeah. uh, I haven't listened to the whole thing. Uh, they had a few singles that were played on community radio around here that I really dug. But uh, yeah, I guess it, Iggy Pop. It was Iggy Pop and then it was Josh Homme and the bass player for Queens of the Stone Age and then the drummer for Arctic Monkeys and this doing like a Berlin style album. It sounds pretty and good. I like the I like the singles enough. And now that I know that about it, uh, I kind of I want to go in and just give it a deep dive.
0: Yeah. Highly recommended.
3: Yeah.
1: You guys ever listened to Butt Town, the album by Iggy Pop?
3: No. Nice yes. years, not familiar yes, with Butt Town.
1: Not very good. <laughs> not not, not so good.
3: Kyle, you weren't here when we did uh, Raw Power. Do you have a preference of uh, Bowie Mix or Iggy Mix?
1: uh which which is the in the red mix
3: that's the iggy mix bowie yeah i like that one a whole
1: bunch that's the only one i've ever had yeah yeah big fan of that record
4: (laughs) what's uh what's everyone's favorite china girl bowie or iggy i'm gonna go iggy i like iggy's china girl
1: iggy for sure
4: man they're both
3: really good
1: it sounds like a maniac banging on like a child's piano
3: it's a it is it's a straight-up toy (laughs) piano like i I didn't look this up, but I had a toy piano when I was a kid, that it sounded exactly right. like
2: that. <laughs> I for the Bowie one, but I, I think it might be just like uh, what? What's your what's your favorite Pixies album? And it's the one that you heard right. first, right? Awesome. Right. Have you guys like heard any uh,
1: various covers of "Fun Time"? Because uh, REM does a really. Awful cover of Fun Time, <laughs> man. They're how could REM covers? I can't saying. imagine an I'm awful sorry, version of Fun Time right? these
3: terrible covers.
1: Uh, <laughs> but the Cars, the Cars cover. Have you guys heard that one? No, no. they cover Fun uh, Time. Iggy Pop was in the studio for that. Uh, Benjamin Orr uh, did the vocals for it, and he got oh. a, a very big thumbs up. 1981 from uh, Iggy Pop.
3: What is that on a Cars album?
1: Uh, I don't. I don't think it was. I think it was like a B side, perhaps. But yeah, it's eighty one, and Man, it, I
3: want to hear that. It's I, great. I, I like the the car songs that Benjamin Orr sang too, and he kind of has a, a bit of an Iggy Crooner voice. Speaking yeah, of Iggy yeah, Crooner, uh, let's just uh, let's just talk about how how good is Iggy Pop's voice and uh, for the rock and roll idiom. You know, like I think Iggy Pop has a has a great rock and roll voice. I,
1: I love his voice on too. this record when it's backed by David Bowie and. All
0: these weird processors. It sounds yeah, what, fantastic. What do you think makes it so good? I think he just had.
3: He's got a really rich baritone voice, and he can croon, but he never gets like syrupy. And he can also like howl and put the grit in it. I just think he has a very cool, versatile voice for rock and roll.
4: Yeah, for me, it's like if you were listening to Morrison and everybody turned down the douche knob.
3: I like A.K. Okay. Pop's voice better than Jim Morrison's voice. That's what I'm saying. No, it's
4: like, it's like <laughs> Jim Morrison, but if you take all the douche out of Morrison, you get pop. It's a
0: Yeah, it's a less serious. It's a less serious I would Morrison. like to
3: hear Jim Morrison's version of uh, Search and Destroy, honestly. <laughs> I, w- I would love to hear that. Wait hard enough to cover it. Roadhouse, Or live long enough. <laughs> I really like Dumb Dumb Boys. Uh, like a few Great of the songs song. on here. It It took me a few listens. Like it's like the first few listens of this album, aside from like, like nightclubbing and China Girl, it's like mostly what I heard was texture, texture and and tones. Like it, it really, it took, it really took a few listens for the the details of this album to reveal themselves
0: I, to me. I thought it was strange too. Dum Dum Boys somehow reminds me a bit of you too. This album, oh yeah, has a bit they of that. goth, uh, echoey um, element to it that that is picked up later in the '80s, and you know, it's it's great proto goth. Also, where Dum
2: Dum Girls got their name from, I imagine. Um,
4: I would imagine so. What do you think about that second side, Birch? It's I it's I feel like it's drastically different from the first side.
0: Yeah, Dum Dum Boys, Tiny Girls, and mass production. It. <laughs> It feels like it. How 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 would you put it? It feels industrial. <laughs> it feels more industrial. It feels uh, winding down in a weird way. It doesn't have the upbeat textures. But that's also thinking about that. It's also interesting because the second half of Low and Heroes is the
3: mm-hmm.
0: is the uh, m- melodic experimentation so it almost feels the same way in a in a strange way strange and wonderful way that he would be putting these slow down uh experiments on this side. Also Dum Dum Boys sounds very much like a Stooges uh song. It does it, it harkens back yeah. to the Stooges one hundred percent that sort of uh it's
3: like a Stooges dirge.
0: Yeah, dirge. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Ever look at the album covers of The Idiot and Heroes next to each other? They're based on the same painting. Oh no, I don't think so. It's just a lot of it's a lot of this.
1: Hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I see it. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's uh, so the artist the painting is called Man, oh, I'm gonna slaughter this.
1: Is this some golden dawn shit?
3: Re- requ- requiral? R-O-Q-U-A-I-R-A-L by uh Eric Heckel, but, uh, I get, yeah, it was a a German artist that uh, at least Bowie was inspired by at the time. And he, he did this, this image of like a figure with like the arms kind of like out like that. And, uh, it inspired, uh, yeah, both heroes and, and idiot covers.
1: I drew something awful. (laughs) Load (laughs) it.
3: I, Oh, uh one thing to mention. So Iggy said he was on this one, he was going for a cross between James Brown and Kraftwerk. <laughs> <laughs> um so that you, you said he put together a band. Did he put together a band or is this just Bowie's band? I noticed I at least got Carlos Alomar on on guitar.
0: Uh yeah, I mean I think Bowie was the the catalyst.
3: I think by like by like put together a band air quotes Bowie's like, "Hey, I have this band." <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we're we're on your record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it was the I think it was an opportune time too because they were both coming to a head of All right, we need to figure something else out or we're just going to die. We're going to die young or we need to figure something else out. And that Berlin Bowie's moved to Berlin and grab i mean i feel like he just grabbed iggy pop and it's like let's do this let's you know let's get away and do some music and figure it out and i think it was fortuitous that uh, bowie was already thinking that way and iggy happened to be in the same place Mm -hmm. in his life and this is what comes out of it which is great absolutely soft jam we listen to the soft jam of yeah tiny girls, tiny is kind girls. Of
4: yeah <laughs> yeah it's
0: cool that's like, gotta be that's bowie on on saxophone right
4: yeah oh yeah oh yeah
0: yeah uh all right do we need to go do you need to go around or is everybody just thumbs up positive on this one yeah I, every, er, er, everyone's perfect. into it, everybody yeah, likes it a record. Record. okay okay just want to make sure uh yeah total positives yay consensus
4: yeah it's a cool one to have never heard before. I'm definitely going to listen to it a lot more now. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really good too to pick out different songs because they it's it's a gamut of different uh, ideas. So you could you know put one on a mixtape and put one on a different mixtape, and it would be a totally different mixtape.
1: Was anybody mm. else's first introduction to this album uh, the Train Spotting soundtrack?
3: That was
2: my that's first introduction to nightclubbing. Yeah. 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 That,
3: that's why I heard nightclubbing from. Was yeah. not, the Train Spine
2: Spat and was also my first introduction to Iggy Pop, period. So, like, yeah. That, that entire record was a uh, revelation. Rob, do you remember when we saw that movie together? I know. It was right after my grandma died. I was sleeping at your house <laughs> yes. on the floor. How could I forget? We could be heroes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about Peter Gabriel. Self titled album, Peter Gabriel. All right. Thanks, y'all.